Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's devotional, y'all know it comes from the favorite book of mine, Acts of Faith by Ayanla Van Zandt. It goes, I ain't going to study war no more. African-American spiritual. Let us insist on peace today, turning our minds away from war. There is a war in our hearts, minds, body, organs, and words because of the fast pace in which we live. Yet, just for today, we will lay down our weapons, insisting that peace be the light and the way. Let us know today that we are spiritual beings programmed for peace and love. Let us teach by example, demonstrating peace in everything we say and do. Let us know that it does not matter what others say or do. We will think in peace, speak in peace, knowing in our hearts that like will draw like. Let us know we are bound to become that which we study. So let us study peace and love and truth. If we commit ourselves to just one day of peace, it is bound to feel so good. We will want to do it again. Friendly reminder, I am a peaceful warrior. And with that being said, we will get into this week's podcast guest. So this week's guest is a media enthusiast from Washington, D.C. Hey, hometown. Um, utilizing both his arts and business backgrounds from Duke Ellison School of Arts and Clark Atlanta University, he serves as the creative director of the manthemuse.com and director of marketing accounts at Ringgold Inc. His content creation has been extended to Rico Loves, Division One Records, St. Haran, USA Today, and Complex Magazine. And he is also the co-founder and co-host of the black music podcast, The Sice. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Michael Muse Jr., better known as Muse. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. I'm just so happy I got it right this time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, yes. People definitely get the word mixed up. Because they think size. Yeah, people think size. Like, 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 nah. yeah, it's size. That's why I got it right. (laughs) So, you know how we do this. Um, I usually like to start out the podcast and ask, what is your deepest fear? (sighs) The deepest question of all time. (laughs) Um, I would have to say that my deepest fear is to have my dreams deferred. Mm. Uh, In the 50s, Langston Hughes had a book of poetry called Montage of... Why are you doing that? (laughs) Because why would you have my quote I'm not going to say the quotes, but um, Montage of uh, Dream Deferred, it just, he was talking about Harlem and black people in a certain space versus the world. And to me, it's more so like me versus my mind. Mm. And I just, I have so many examples of super duper talented people having all of these dreams and aspirations and all of this goal and ambition. And then something changes to switch it and they just are no longer even interested in attaining those goals or they have to focus on something else that became more important and yeah. I just want to if I can control that narrative in my life I would like to what do you think those other narratives or factors that would switch or impact someone's dream to be deferred just different life stages like I know for like for a fact people in my family um I have an uncle who was like a talented barber in the area he had kids and then he had to basically like put his dreams off to the side. I know he wanted to like move away and just make a bigger name for himself on the celebrity aspect of doing hair and styling. 
never happened. My dad was a pioneer in go-go music at home. Mm -hmm. And I know he wanted to be more mainstream. And he had kids. And now we're grown. And he's going back to, like, further those dreams. And I just, if I can keep on the path that I'm on and make sure that I control all of those things, you know, with room for surprise and room for changes i i will so what do you do now to make sure that you kind of stay grounded and clear and focus on that path to not get off track of your like dreams i'm super goal oriented so anything i put my mind to i'm going to accomplish it because i refuse not to and it's like about any means necessary type thing. If I'm really interested in doing something and I have to do it all by myself, I will with no help. I'll figure it out. I'll put my like brain power in a bucket so that I can see it and then pour it back into myself so I can make sure that I get whatever I have to get done, done. Uh, I am not at a place where I'm interested in having kids. So that won't be really? an issue right now. Uh, I just feel like I have so much other stuff to do than to be worrying about that right now. <laughs> and I know that that is a big factor. A lot of people put their whole lives aside for children because that's a blessing in and of itself. But right. I want, if I'm going to be a dad at all at any point, I want everything to be set up for my kids. I don't want... Do you ever feel like everything will be set up? You know what I'm saying? I, no, not at all. But I feel like I can do a better job than the people before me. Mm-hmm. And I can use them as an example to do greater if possible. Okay. Just, just like that. Honestly, I want a dog. Like, I would like to chill and just have an English bulldog. And You got to start with a pet and then right. see if you can exactly. take care of that. Exactly. Or like a plant and see if you can say, if you can grow that and nourish that. Right. Okay, maybe. We right, think right. About exactly. Kids. We're on the same page. I do not have a green thumb. I've killed a cactus before. I need a dog so that I can <laughs> chill and make sure that I'm good before I do anything else. You got to know yourself. Being self-aware is very important. Speaking of self-awareness, Uh-oh. what at this point in your life, what are things that you know about yourself that you're like, okay, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, and this is where I need to start to um, unpack and really start to work on these mm-hmm. maybe... I don't want to say bad habits, but unhealthy habits in order to elevate to that next level in in, in your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more even well, further than it's too. more yeah. further than career for me, just because the unhealthy habits or things that I've noticed about myself they kind of transcend space. They don't really just only happen at work. They happen right. in family. They happen in mm. friendship. They happen in relationships. So noticing those type of things is just like, well, maybe I need to figure it out for myself in general. Yeah. I know that uh, personality is a strong suit for me. Like I can light up a room. Like I can make, I can draw people in. I can, all of that is great. But at the same time, I also keep people away. Like I'm kind of, there's a wall up. I don't really let people in on my personal life. I don't share too much on social media. I have this veil of mystery around me that's kind of by design. And I have to be careful about that because there are people who are super duper close to me that need to be let in a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to alienate anyone just because I'm being myself and I don't like to. Well, what caused you to kind of build this wall that you don't really let people in? I've just always been a super private person. Uh, It's not even like I'm purposefully not telling anybody like if you ask me a question i'll tell you anything you want to know i can become an open book but i'm not really forthright with information because i like my business to be my business i've just always been like that right since childhood uh friendships and like growing in adulthood and relationships and stuff have definitely triggered that and Mm -hmm. made it stronger but i don't think that it's 
Like, it's not a defense mechanism. It's literally just something that's always been like that. But now that I'm older, I'm working so that it doesn't become a crutch. It hasn't been an issue so far, but I know that there are people who I could let in a little bit more to right. develop those friendships and those bonds even stronger. Do you believe Do you believe that it's more so for them, or do you feel like it's also for you, too? It's me. Yeah. It's definitely me, because I am very big on reciprocation, mm. and I have the most loving people in my life, family, friends, acquaintances, and I just want to be able to return their investment right. into me. And I feel like that makes the bond more rewarding because we're both exchanging and it's not just, oh, I can tell Muse anything and he's going to listen and he's a good ear mm-hmm. and then I'm not doing that back to you because then that can become an issue later on down the line. Right. It's just something that I noticed about myself because like I said, being self-aware is super duper important. I feel like I know myself better than literally anyone could tell me anything about myself like I already know I know how I'll react in certain situations I know how I feel about stuff before it happens all of that is like work that I've done through childhood up until now but I know that with that work I can break down the wall a little bit just to be more of a well-rounded companion and friend and confidant and all of that what caused you to start to do that work from childhood to now so like Let's unpack a little bit of your your life story and kind of your trajectory and and how you ended up a director of marketing, but also like really honing in on your own brands. What What required you or what incidents occurred from childhood to now that that made it like a all right, I need to really. To do the work in myself right. in order to attain the greatness I had, I right. want for myself. So, as a kid, I was always a super duper creative and expressive kid. I had been dancing since I was like two years old. Like yeah. as soon as I could move around, I was dancing to music that whatever was played, I was putting on a show for people, and just being able to cultivate and protect that artisticness—that's mm. not a word, but. We're going to give it a word right. for that. <laughs> Just being, being able to create that inner artiste was something that I felt like needed protection because people don't always understand and it's not always easy for, especially black people, to immediately accept what's different. Yeah. So noticing that very early on in middle school and even a little bit in high school, I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to always do me and I don't really care what that looks like to other people, but... I have to do it in a way that I don't get my feelings hurt in the process Mm. or I'm not shamed or I feel some kind of way about what I'm interested in because other people don't understand. So I had to get rid of those type of insecurities that I put on everybody every day very early on simply because I was always a little bit on my own path and I always walked to the beat of my own drum. I hate when people say that, but like it's a real thing. And just noticing that immediately in myself, I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to always be feeling some kind of way or I'm going to always be hurt or people, I'm going to be super sensitive to everything if I let this inner artisanship control me. Like, I need Mm -hmm. to control it. It needs to be something that is in a way of expression and not a crutch, like I Mm -hmm. said. So that going forward into college and I always had to carve out my own path. I always had to, there's always been like, not necessarily a barrier, but if I want to do something, it's like, oh, well, nobody else is really doing that. So you got to figure it out on your own. Right. So even going, I went to Clark Atlanta School for Business and I was an administration major with a concentration in management. Great business school, one of the best in HBCU culture. But 
they were really focused on teaching us how to get a corporate America job. And I have big hair and tattoos. I don't want to be a suit. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to look good in a suit. I want to be the cool guy behind the scenes. I want to dress great. I want to be creative and I want to do what I want to do. But I don't want to be at nobody's desk all day in a tie, hating my life, not trying to be the creative person that I I am. 100% yourself. Yeah, I didn't, exactly. I didn't want to be faking the funk just for a check or anything like that. So I had to carve out my own path very early on. In like junior year, I started writing for the school newspaper. I got PR um, internship opportunities through that on campus. And then since I didn't want to work at like Kellogg brands or uh, Procter & Gamble (laughs) or like... Price Waterhouse Coopers or Deloitte. I didn't want to do those type of things, but I still wanted to have a lucrative career and hone in on my business and my artistic and shape those into one thing to do what I whatever I want to do as my dream right. job down the line. Because right. going into college, I didn't know exactly what that was. But the older I got, the more I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm just going to have to figure it out on my own. Right. So from there, I got internships at Complex. I started working at advertising agencies and I just kept moving up in media. And that's how I got to where I am now. But luckily for me, I had to make it that way because they weren't, it wasn't going to be taught to me. Yeah. And in the media and advertising industry, well, I can't speak for advertising. I've never worked at an agency, but I definitely feel like in the media industry, it's became a little bit more um, accepting of all different kind of backgrounds and like... They, they. I feel like media companies are understanding, like, come as you are to exactly. do great work. Like, right. at the end of the day, we hired you to do a job. Just come as you are and do that. So I feel like it's made you... Like, I just feel like, for, I'm sure for us, like, a black woman, a black man, we both have worked at USA Today together. And I'm telling <laughs> you, like, that was the most... I will say, for USA Today to be a heritage brand working there, I did feel very comfortable to be myself. Yeah, I did not feel sure. like, oh, I gotta wear a button up. Yeah. And, like... And luckily, I've never had that type of job. I've never had a job where I felt like I had to tone down myself Mm. or I couldn't be whoever I am there. And I do feel like I've been very welcomed with open arms. Like, there's definitely been struggles in my career. Like, everybody, you don't have great days at work every day. There's people who might be out to get you at certain companies. Like, it's really political in semi-corporate and corporate America, even if you have the most creative job known to man. But getting through that stuff, I never felt like oh, here come this nigga with his hair. He got these <laughs> tattoos. I wish he would right. put on a shirt. Right. It never right. really gave that. When we were at USA Today together, there was a lady who came in the office in Colonial Williamsburg attire every day. And I was daring somebody to say something to me about my Adidas track pants. <laughs> Y'all got this lady over here in costume, but because I got big hair and track pants on, you gonna say something? No. I was waiting so I could do a backflip down to HR and complain. <laughs> but luckily, it never happened. Right. <laughs> I definitely have pushed the edge with my looks at USA Today. I definitely sure. rode in there with head wraps (laughs) and my good old sweatpants at times because I'm like, look, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to do a job. And as long as I'm being efficient and we are making this coin, it don't matter if I come in with my head wrap or if I come in here with my semi kind of like tight sweatpants that you don't know if it's sweatpants or not. Is it a jogger? Yeah, exactly. Is it a tight? But like, this is who you're going to get me. And that's really it. And I, I do believe that that makes a difference for what type of companies you decide to go mm-hmm. with and where you decide to like um, chart your path uh, professionally or if you're deciding to be an entrepreneur, like really making sure that you're interviewing these companies just as much as they're interviewing you because oh, you do sure. not want to go into a company that does not value diversity. It does not, and when I say diversity, 
that doesn't mean black, you know, Asian. It doesn't mean just by color. Right. There's a lot of layers to diversity, and I hate when corporate companies use yeah. diversity as just color, but like it doesn't value that, and it does not make create a work culture or space to, you know, accept the diversity in that space. Yeah. And it's not something that you can teach. I think that companies yeah. now, no, like again, no matter how liberal or creative they are, they think that they can give you rules and regulations on diversity and inclusion. But diversity and inclusion are not things that are taught. Like you can't teach somebody how to be accepting of people that are different from them. It's either in you or it's not. Right. And if you have barriers that will like have give you reservation on accepting someone that just doesn't look like you, then maybe you don't need to work at that company if they're accepting people that don't look like you. Exactly. I mean, there are other places out there that are very one way and strict and standard on look and feel. And if you have an issue with the way that things are changing, then you might need to move. That's really all that that is. And that's real because, <laughs> I mean, and just before we wrap up this tangent, because, you know, we both work. <laughs> but, like, you can end up staying at a company longer than you need to yep. because of comfortability. Yep. But you know that you know that you know in your, your heart that that, just like a marriage, right? Work is just like a marriage. just about to We say may that. not be, we may got to go through a divorce. You know, sometimes I feel like no we have feelings. been programmed in our mm-hmm. community to really stick it out yeah. and really in understand that we have to work way. twice as hard as African-Americans being in this space or black people being in this space and like really making things work for a paycheck. Yep. Not realizing that the... You get comfortable. Co- yeah, you get comfortable. But the, co- like... I felt like I was in a government job working at USA Today. And now I'm not saying that was shady because there are people that work in the government. But the government, you know, D.C. is very like, girl, you go in there, you collect your grade, you do the same thing every year, and you just get a pay increase every year. And that was not fulfilling for me. And I know I can't speak for you, Michael, but it was not fulfilling. Well, you see, I'm gone already. So (laughs) it wasn't fulfilling. And like at a certain point, you come to that realization where like this is not fulfilling you. In a way that you're like, yo, I can see the impact in the work that I'm doing. Exactly. And really be like, I love this. Like, where work doesn't feel like work, you know, it feels like a passion. Then, you know, maybe it's that time. We're not trying to say, like, do your job today, guys. But, like. I mean, I am quick to tell people to leave stuff, though. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, because you made a good point about work can be very similar to a marriage. I have had situations where my friends come to me with these issues about their job or their boyfriend and I'm just like, leave him. Like, And I don't want to be harsh, but if it's not something that's benefiting you and you don't see the bigger picture of that benefit, yeah. then you might need to pooch. It's okay. Like, I didn't see myself staying at USA Today and not getting promoted and being okay with it. And I know that they were trying to keep me at a certain place. We think that you're good doing this. We have some shifts that are happening in the mm-hmm. company and we want to make sure that this part of your career, not your career, but your job is is strong so we want to keep you here i know that you're interested in all of this other stuff and you are creative and you want to do da 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 but boy sit down and i was like no you sit down i have to go because and i jumped three positions by leaving and i was like you can't be comfortable at these places because the benefit is greater out there i was at usa today for three years learned a lot made a lot of bonds that i will never forget people that i'm still super close with today but the boy had to go yeah but that's something Another good point is that, like, people will try to keep you at a certain level because that's where they're comfortable at seeing you. Exactly. They don't want to see you pass them right. at a different level. And, like, I had to realize in my experience there is that, and this is not like, oh, we ran in on USA Day. Because it's not about USA Day. It's about the 
leadership, yeah, certain yeah, leaderships yeah, yeah. there. But what I will say is that um, when I was there, I saw that I allowed someone else to have control over my career versus me having control of my career. It's easy to do and that. And it's, easily to, it's it easy to do that. And so, you know, I would caution everyone, regardless of where you're at in your career, entry level, mid-level, senior level, to make sure that you always have a reign on your career, right? Mm-hmm. That you have control of that. And know your worth and know your value in those situations. Because if not, someone can easily start to dictate the path in which they think you are best suited for versus what mm-hmm. you know in your heart that you are skilled and talented to do. And that's more further, again, than just job. That like, If you want a fulfilling life, you have to take the reins of every aspect of your life. Boom. You can't have all of these like goals and dreams and aspirations and just be comfortable with staying and doing the same thing every day, all day, it's not going to work out like that. I know for a fact that all of the creative stuff that I was doing outside of USA Today was also making me money. And there was no way that they were going to allow me to couple that with what I was doing. Mm. Whereas there are opportunities out there that I got opportunities based on the fact that I was doing creative stuff outside of my nine to five. They liked the fact that I had an entrepreneurial spirit and all of those things that make me me were more accepted in other places. So when you find that some place may be great for you for a certain amount of time after that time has passed, you just need to reassess what you want because you're human and you may change Mm -hmm. and those things that you want may change and you just need to be able to roll with those punches and not care about what the repercussions are because it's your life. Yeah. Don't be afraid. To take a leap of faith and see what else is out there. That's another thing. Like, really that's what I had to... That. I really had to lock in and be like, sis. Yeah. This is a great marriage. This is a good marriage. Right. But this is not great, right? Like, where are we going? Where are we going? And I... This is another point to hit on. This is just a life thing. I realized that how I was doing... How I was letting my leadership or people at my job control my career is kind of how it dictated how I was doing other things in my life. Mm -hmm. Letting other people control like how our relationship would be or how our friendship would be. It's like, I'm always like, well, what do you want? And I had to start realizing like, it don't matter what the fuck they want. What do you want, Nikki? Like, what do you want? I had to start to change the perspective of like... It's a way to do that without being off-putting too. You can make sure that you are in control of your stance in a a bunch of different situations without it coming off as abrasive or entitled or anything like that. Because people think all of this crazy shit about millennials and we just want the world, but we're not willing to do the work. And maybe because I'm a little bit of an older millennial, but that's not my testimony. I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but I'm also not going to stand for certain stuff. And you're not going to just throw me around because you think I'm the young, cool guy. Right. But I don't have no substance. Look at this resume. Yeah. And look at everything that I've been doing since I started doing this. Yeah. And I could probably teach you something. Yeah. I think when you really find your voice and you really understand what you want, then Mm -hmm. it starts to shape and dictate cross-board career personally where you start to go. And I feel like that is when, when I start to take control of my career, which is, I can tell you exactly when it happened. August 2018. <laughs> August 2018. Because I'm not going to lie. I was bullshitting. I remember. Before I was like applying for jobs. Right. Really not putting in the work. Like going, interviewing, and doing like what I thought going was needed to be done. Yeah. But I also realized like, okay, I went from entry level role to a junior level role. And now I'm trying to go to another level. Mm-hmm. You can't do what you was doing prepping interview wise. For those levels to try to go to the next level. And you can't wait for nobody to give it to you. No. Because that's what I think that they... I've been in situations where I know people wanted me to wait for them. And I would have been waiting for years trying to get where I got in an interview. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I literally was able to... I was able to speed and, like, fast track a portion of my career 
just by being myself and seeing what was out there. Yeah. And I had to really like, all right, let me lock in. Let me start to do these things on my own because if I didn't do those things, I don't feel like I would have gotten the opportunity I got now, which I haven't announced yet, but it'll be announced or you probably know by this so by the time that this <laughs> releases. But it was more like when this opportunity presented itself, I was like, oh, let me look at the boxes of this. Okay. I've been at old heritage company brands mm-hmm. since the inception of my working okay. experience. This is a younger company. This is a company that's digital now, only focused. This is a company that actually drives revenue. Right, right, this right. is actually a country that that works in pop culture. There was like all of these things that I was like, you know what? I need I need this experience yep. so that wherever God leads me, you know, in the future It'll allow me to really have those tools that I need yeah. to go. And like, who doesn't want to live in a you know a nicer environment? Like, so all that, all on that. my own, and it know? comes, it comes, with it time. comes. You, but you gotta literally write that, manifest it. Yes, manifest it. And that's something that I was able to start noticing just in life and in love and in career and family and all that stuff. Ever since I moved back to DC. I've started seeing a shift in my surroundings. The mm. people the people that are around me just not only are they super duper genuine, but I see good things happening for them all at the same time. Like when I got my job, my homeboy moved to New York. He got a new job. One of my homegirls got engaged. Another one of my homegirls got into a relationship. Yeah. Like it was just good things all around that were happening for everybody. And I was like, this means something. Like we need to pay attention to this because we've been manifesting it. So we just need to sit back and watch it happen because now it's the time for it to happen. How important is it to have... Um, a support system or personal advisory board that aligns with your kind of energy and um, what would I say? Energy and kind of the word is slipping my mind as I'm thinking about this right now. Agenda. Okay. Agenda for like the type of life that you want. How important is it to have people who are similar in that mindset Um, And have those similar energies. I think the similarities and differences of friend circles are super important to pay attention to simply because these people become closer to you than your family. Mm. I'm around my friends all the time. Right. Like I have a big group of friends. I probably have too many friends. And I think that if they weren't the right people, it could it could definitely rub off an effect on my trajectory in any aspect. And that's not what I want. So I prided myself on always having kind of like the right people in my corner. Yeah. Um and it's just it's always been like that. Like like I said, I feel more loved now than ever in my life just because I'm an adult and I'm back in the city that I grew up in. I'm around like yeah. my best friends all the time mm-hmm. and seeing good things happen for them fulfills me as well. So yeah. it's like a give and a take because not only am I su- I'm seeing successful successes and strides in my life, but I'm watching it for like people who I view as my brothers and my sisters. Yeah. And even though we not blood, I've grown with them as an adult or I've made a close connection with them in whatever type of way that has made me feel like they are close to me. And having those people do the same thing around me is super important. And it, it doesn't even have to be like a like-mindedness because we, we can have separate goals and aspirations right, 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 but the right. focus and the, the level that we're on being similar does matter a yeah. lot because if you I don't want to have all of this like drive and then I got friends that's just really not trying to do anything with themselves right that wouldn't I wouldn't be able to live with myself as a friend watching them do that have you ever sacrificed relationships um 
have you ever had that tough, you know, encounter where you had to sacrifice relationships in order to kind of elevate and grow mm-hmm. in the direction of where you are at now? Probably without knowing. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of a time where I purposely did it, but I know for a fact that there are people that are just no longer in my life mm. and God just is removing them. It's not even like, oh Lord, I cannot <laughs> deal with this nigga. Like he really got to get the fuck out of my, like I hate talking to him. He not about nothing. Like that has never happened to me, but there are situations that you find yourself in and you just have to either remove yourself or watch the people be removed because Mm -hmm. it's not benefiting you in the long run. I don't feel like I'm selfish, but I am very focused on myself. Yeah. So if I get into an encounter or a situation where I don't feel like I can either benefit the other people around me or the people around me can benefit me, then it's like, what are, we can't help each other grow. Like, I don't want to stay in the same place because you staying in the same place. Like, that's not how friendships works in my mind. We're supposed to be like, um, what is it? Iron sharpens iron or Mm -hmm. sword sharpens sword. I don't want to have no dull swords. Like, y'all got to be sharp like me. Everybody needs to be progressing. If if I'm not sharp, then y'all need to tell my ass I'm not sharp. Like, that's what friendship is to me. Accountability. Exactly. I need accountability partners. I need to be able to lean on you, like, in every way. Like, I need to be able to go on you because you did some dumb shit. And... You know, you do the same thing to me. And and it's it's not not like we're not going to stop being friends after that. Or like that is childish. I can't deal with stuff (laughs) like that. And I'm hard on my friends because I'm hard on my family. So if like I'm cussing people out of my family, trying to make them better. How you think I'm acting towards you? We're not related. So (laughs) I think that you just have to have a strong backbone if you want to be around me. (laughs) Because I will go on you. (laughs) I feel like that's how you supposed to be as a friend. If, If you like my brother. We going to fight and we going to wrestle and it's going to be a battle. But I mean the world for you. Like, I right. want the best for you. And you should want the same thing for me. I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm not joining. I'm not really, like, trying to go off on you because I don't like you or I think that this is bad. You're a bad person. I want you to be the best version of you. Yeah. And if that's not what's in my circle, then I wouldn't be able to have these type of conversations with you. I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody because like what you wouldn't be able to handle my answer right you don't need a lot of yes people in your life as well we're watching some of our favorite people just die off because of the yes people in their corner Kanye and Nikki had terrible years because of the yes people in their terrible terrible a couple of terrible years actually so it's like I don't want to get to a Kanye level of my genius and my creativity even on a smaller scale because I'm not Kanye but I don't want to get there. And then my closest people are just like, man, yeah, that's tight. That's tight. Even though it was a terrible idea, you got me out here looking crazy. I just don't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't always count on family to be at your level and where you are in your thought process. So you need friends that are similar to you in that way because your family is your family. They're older. They already set in their ways. They have lived their lives. Right. So you need the friendship to make up for that sometimes. Yeah. And truth is, you know, the truth is hard to hear, but let it be somebody that's coming from a place that like, I care about you. I want the best for you. So I'm going to keep it 100 with you. And I hope that you can take this tough love. Yeah, you have to, especially because the path that a lot of us are charting as millennial creatives are... We're in realms and spaces that our parents don't know. Like, they don't understand. My mom sees commercials and asks me, is that what you do? Like, (laughs) my family really doesn't understand exactly what PR and digital media is. They don't understand that I'm always in New York because I have a podcast. They don't really understand 
that I'm super duper into music and I've, I freelance write for Salon sometimes or Rico Love sometimes. Like, they don't know who those people are. They don't care. So friendship is the only place that you can dive into to have some type of understanding in certain cases because you may come from a background where you're the first person in your family to do any of the things that you're doing. You could be right. the first person to go to college. You could be the first person to come out and graduate. And you could be the first person to like have a real job. I mean, whatever a real job is to you. So that is, friendship is super duper important to me because of those things. It's not, it's like you don't even realize it until the topic comes up for you to talk about. Yeah. Because like, why would I be talking about this outside of the Fearless Kid podcast? Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, like you think about some of your toughest moments in your life. And as much as like as just self people, self-aware mm-hmm. individuals, we have sat and been and been still and really done a healing for ourselves but there are moments where it's like oh if if this person wasn't there at that moment i don't know exactly what would have happened and again me being a super duper private person i've had to confess to my friends in the past year or so you don't even know how you helped me in this moment because i wasn't willing to share with you every single thing that i was going through but just know that i thank you because you were there for whatever it was and it could have been anything it could have like and that's Friendship in general, it could have been a breakup. It could have been an issue at your job. It could have been a just bad day, like a shitty day you were having. It could be anything, but just having these group chats and these Twitter feeds and like all of that stuff is helpful. It can be draining because I feel like sometimes I can be too accessible, but at the same time, it does benefit your overall. It does. It's a give and a take. You have to be able to balance it. You have to find a balance. Well, to shift gears a little bit, when we start to think about... um, your fear about dreams deferred, I wanted to ask you, well, what do you um, define as, you know, happiness to you? And what, how does that align? How does happiness, you know, align with the dream mm-hmm. um, and what you're, you're pursuing right now in, in your life? I feel like freedom is happiness. Ooh. And, I don't ever want to be in you Come cannot, on. You will not fall out. <laughs> I don't want to ever be in a space where I feel confined. Mm. And that goes, again, across every level of my human being. I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel like I'm confined and controlled or I just need freedom. I don't want to be in a, a place in my career where I feel like any idea is not going to be welcomed with the same type of opportunity as the next guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is where I have thrived the most so far when I was able to just bring ideas and cultivate plans and all of that type of stuff in the workplace. And same thing on a friend circle. Like I don't want nobody to be like, Oh, my weird friend is coming because I'm coming around. Like you need to be able to understand that I am how I am, whatever that means to anybody, whatever it looks like. And that freedom is what boosts my happiness. I kind of, somebody told me once that I have a light placed on my life and that is something that other people notice. And I have to be careful about one, sharing it and two, what their responses look like because it may just not be their time to get it, but they will see. Mm. And I was like, wow, a word. Don't let somebody else's darkness take you out of your life. Exactly. Because I'm not even trying to do anything that, what like I'm not, out here like trying to be a specific type of person or like I really just am being myself so if that is something that helps you just because I'm around then great if that's something that deters you because I'm around then you'll figure it out because I'm not going to change right (laughs) and it's just like 
all right, well, that that's what it is. Like, I don't, it's no hard feelings. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I try to find things to care about because I, I, in my freeness, I don't really be caring about stuff. <laughs> that's something that I'm working on, like having more things that I actually care about, I guess. <laughs> so what you're saying is... <laughs> I'm just like, I don't let stuff, I don't let stuff get me down. Like, I really try not to worry. Everybody worries. And I'm a Libra, so I overthink about everything. If you come to me with something, I probably thought about every single outcome that could possibly happen. But I just don't let, because I know that about myself, I don't let that bind me or I don't let that confine me in a space. I use that to my benefit. Mm -hmm. It's like, I do spy work and reconnaissance. If I'm interested in anything, I'm researching it so that if the topic comes up, I can sound at least like an expert in it. Like I mm-hmm. want to be able to have meaningful conversation and I want to be able to exchange those ideas in a in a educated way. Like yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, I like this, but I don't know anything about it. That's stupid. Like <laughs> you don't really like it. Like one thing I hate the most and something that was what drove me to start my podcast yeah. was I hate people who have all of these opinions on the internet and they just have all of these feelings and they just got to get their words out, but they're not talking about nothing and they don't really know what they're talking about when they're talking. So basically you're saying feelings aren't facts. Right. <laughs> feelings are not facts. And if your opinions are not based in some type of fact, then you can have them, but mm, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. So especially in the realm of black art and music, music. and film mm-hmm. and culture, there are so many people with these jobs that are dictating what we are fed as truth in our own culture. Yeah. And they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Like everybody's experience is different, but I don't want somebody at L magazine telling these girls that it's cute to get cornrows now when my little sister's been having cornrows every summer. Cornrows, individual braids, micro minis, Senegalese, uh, crochets, like they've been getting those done every summer as a protective style simply so that they could go swimming and not get their hair messed up since birth. So like now it's cute because... And it's probably rooted in a deeper level. We don't even know from slavery where like we... Exactly. We can't really do nothing with... Our hair. hair, right? It was all of the stuff that's out now wasn't you wasn't giving baby hair when you was on the plantation. Before we had the hot comb, like we it was... wasn't. Thank you, Madam C J Walker. Like it wasn't giving that. Hey, Black History Month, how are you? Right. But stuff like that. There are people who are out here dictating the culture that shouldn't be. And I just wanted. I was like, I have got to get some type of voice. Like I need yeah. to put my foot in the ring because I'm way too interested in all of my interests to let people tell me stuff that I know for a fact is not true. Yeah. And people don't understand how their platforms work, but there are people who believe y'all and y'all really think that this is like, if I see another think piece that says Beyonce's lemonade made me finally feel that I was able to wear my natural hair to work, girl, shut up. Just because you didn't grow up around other black people and your mom didn't teach you the value of wearing your natural hair and taking care of your real hair does not mean that Beyonce did anything for you. Mm. That is just something that you are using as clickbait. Cause you know, niggas going to click on that shit, but this is what is out there for people to right. consume. And I'm just like, I work in me media and brainwashing basically like i feel so like validated and vindicated sometimes when my friends are teachers or doctors or policemen because i work in advertising and i'm literally controlling the way you think and spend your money that's it so now that i'm a director and i have more meaningful clients who are out in the space helping people and doing things to benefit not just black culture but the world in general right it does make me feel a little bit better because the people who are out here also brainwashing y'all are feeding us garbage. 
And I just be yeah. on Twitter or online or looking at these articles like, who, how much did this girl get paid? Because I could have written this. Like, if it's, if it's given sell out, I could do, at least do it with some finesse. Right. People just, it's wild what you will see on the internet. So that was part of the inception of it. Like, And the podcast is going strong. Oh, my God. Second season is out now. And it is so much fun just doing it. It started literally as a group chat. It was like five of us from college. My homegirl, Stephanie, who I do the podcast with, we went to college together, but didn't even know each other in college. We like met through our mutual friends mm-hmm. after we both had graduated. And then it's my friend, Madden, my friend, Andre, and my friend, Corey. And all we do is sit up and join people and talk about music all day long. Yeah. And I was like, y'all, we need to record these conversations. They don't just need to be typed up in text message. Right. We need to talk about this out loud because one, we funny as fuck. And two, people will agree with us. And there's no space right now where this is filled. Like, people are not covering the artists that we like. People listening to the the stuff that they just get off the radio. Right. Casual music listenership is something that is thriving as opposed to back in the day when you had more, like, music heads and mm-hmm. people who were really in the, the weeds mm-hmm. and the, the trenches of the culture. Um dictating what we listen to and they were the ones that pervade style and all of that and it's not like that anymore so i was like we need to do something everybody got a damn podcast i can do that i can do it in my bedroom i know how to do it let's just do it and that was a thing for me people have come to me and be like why didn't you do this a long time ago like even with my website why didn't why weren't you doing this while you were in school and I, i think that i like for my life to go in order i think that it just took a realization or like sometimes it takes something traumatic to happen in order for you to go and really step out on your own yeah. and just take that leap of faith like you said earlier um, and I just I'm not really scared of nothing like I didn't I don't go into endeavors or things with the idea that I can fail mm. so I was like people are going to like this shit I'm just gonna get in front of the mic pop my shit Come on. and people are gonna be like Confident. he's right I never like I, I had no reason to think that anything was gonna go bad so the numbers are going up. We're being featured on other people's podcasts now. Yeah. Like the community is accepting us. Uh, we have nothing. We have a five star rating on iTunes. Yes. Like it's Come on. lit. It's lit. <laughs> and our guests are coming through more. Like I interviewed my dad the other day because people don't know Legend. the story of go-go music. Right. So I was like, let me talk to this man and put this, let me record this. So the yeah. full length interview is on my website, but I put a snippet of it into our hometown heroes episode on the site. I just wanted a space where I could talk freely about shit that I like. And the things that you're invested in, which right, is, right. you know, black music. Right. And the culture. And foolishness. And, and foolishness. <laughs> and to be honest, like you said, like, you know, most things, you know, are either sparked by traumatic experiences or just being like, all right, the time is now. Yeah. I don't know what clicks or yeah. something in the energy, just like the time is now. But that's what happened to me and why I even started this podcast is like I had traumatic experiences mm-hmm. where I was like, you know what? And I was having the same conversations with multiple friends. Mm-hmm. Like, we were all going through shit. I'm like, damn, we all going through stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, we're all afraid of, we're all having these moments where we are fearing things or things that we never thought would be a fear now have bubbled up to right. be a fear because of the circumstance that's in front of us. Right. And so I'm like, we need to start having these conversations because they see, people see us, and I'm not saying me, but just us as the the networking connections of friends that I had mm-hmm. in this limelight one way, but behind closed doors, they're not getting that. Like they don't see the human aspect. This y'all. is the humanity that's yeah. brought to 
you know, the individual. I am the per- I am this person, and you only see one side of me. Like, let's talk about these layers. Let's talk about like we're more relatable, right? You know, um, to what you're going through in your everyday life than you think. And it's like us having these conversations could just like inspire someone, or somebody could be like, "I need to hear that today." Yes. You know, I love that on Twitter, people are doing that. I don't know who needed to hear this, but and then they say whatever they right. say. Like, I love that because it's true. You never know who's going to be able to benefit or get something or garner some type of positivity from whatever your experience was, and. Who's to say that there's not somebody out there listening to this right now that's just like bawling because we're saying everything that they needed to hear at right. that specific time. Like yeah. you really never know who your words will touch or what the power in them is. Which is why I think at this time, just podcasting and audio and just using your voice or whether it's YouTube, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, really taking the creation and being a creator and your control and doing it like I started this was like look if I got 20 solid listeners you look. per episode I'm happy because that's 20 people that I'm touching right exactly. that's 20 plays that people have listened through and then it becomes more of a therapeutic experience for you and whoever you're doing it with right it's more so you're doing it for you as opposed to the likes and the follows and yeah. of course I want my shit to pop but I didn't start it because I wanted to be famous. Famous, I started because there's literally nobody talking about what we're talking about right now. And I know that I know good shit. Like, you can't tell me that. It's like certain things that are on the radio that I'm just like, yeah, okay, we've heard that. But why y'all not listening to all of this other shit that's out? Like, maybe because y'all don't know. Okay, cool. I'll tell you. It was that type of thing. It wasn't like, man, I'm trying to be the biggest podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. I did not think about that at all. I was just like, this is fun. Yeah. And I think that that's how art should be consumed with our greatest albums that we like the most or like our best movies they were because of people who just wanted to get their art out it wasn't because they was like this gonna be big this gonna make me some money like that is not what great stuff comes out of all the time yes it helps and yeah we all want uh, different streams of income and sure I want all of my stuff to third like thrive and flourish but I still need to be doing it regardless of that for me and for whoever. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say, um, at this point, with everything that you're doing, do you feel fulfilled in your life at this point? I do. I Not completely, because like I don't know if I'll ever feel completely fulfilled. Mm. I feel like I'm the type of person where it's always something else that I need to get for myself. Right. And I don't know what that looks like at the end. Right. Like, I don't know if there's a final form of goal for me because like I said I'm so goal oriented I literally mark stuff out for myself to accomplish just to see if I can Mm. so in that I don't know if I'm gonna be like 60 years old married with my dog talking about well yep this is it (laughs) I'm probably still gonna want to do something else (laughs) I'm probably still gonna be like hey let's do something you should always reinvent yourself at every level always be something like another goal that I want to attain but I do I am happy and I do feel like Happiness is the first step to being fulfilled. Yeah. So I feel like at least that's there. I don't really have any complacency in my spirit. There's nothing that makes me want to just sit down in whatever this stage of my life Mm -hmm. is. Like I still have 
aspirations of being a homeowner. I still want to live by coastally. Like there's still stuff I got to do. I just am cool with the ride right now. Well, you know, when you go by coastal, I'll be on the other side. <laughs> but that's I'll a be goal. on the other side. Okay. <laughs> the best coast. The best coast. I like that's a thing. Like I want I don't like being cold and DC gets cold. So I would rather spend my winters in a warmer climate if possible. But I also don't see myself not owning something where I'm from. Like I yeah. really want to establish that for family and friend like i want i want dc to be home base yeah but i still gotta be able to move around like i can't i can't sit still that's the issue i don't know how to i'm a busybody. i'm always doing something and i like now i'm learning that i need to take time out for myself to relax Mm -hmm. just like i was saying i had to sit back and watch all the things that we have been manifesting in my friend circle happen because i couldn't just keep working towards the stuff that was happening for me i had to like be like all right well it's going well let me chill you have to do that a little bit, and I don't have patience. So that was a learning lesson. But mm-hmm. I think that everything is a learning lesson, right? Now in my life, I feel like I'm at the age where if you are learning from this, good or bad, then why are you doing it? Exactly. So that was not a New Year's resolution, but it was an affirmation that I made going into the new year. I was just like, I just want to continue to be learning about myself and learning my deal breakers and everything needs to be something that can teach me something new. I don't want to be involved in anything that I've been involved in before. I don't want to repeat any mistakes. I want to learn what I'm supposed to learn when I'm supposed to learn it because I prayed so hard for discernment. Now it's time to use it. I got it now. Okay. Like, Hello. That's what it is. Like, you can't pray for something your whole life and then once you get it, not know how to operate with it. You've been asking for it for so long. Why are you reading me right now? <laughs> Why are you reading me? I'm serious. That's I had to learn that. And I had Woo. to learn that the hard way. Like, I'm telling you, traumatic experiences, it will put you in a whole different perspective. And I, God has gotten me together. Yes. So I feel like, I am doing well with doing the work that I need to do to completely be my best self. And I just don't want that to stop. Yeah. Like I want to be able to say, well, I'm growing. How you doing? I'm blessed. You know, I'm living the dream. I'm doing what I got to do. I want it. I want it to always be like that. I don't want it to be like, man, I'm tired. I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm over it. I'm always over it. So I don't want that to be my descriptor. I live in a place of, ooh, I hate everything. So I don't want that to really be what I express myself with. I know I feel that way. But it's just all about that for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to close off the episode, I wanted to ask you if you had maybe, you probably have more than what I'm going to ask you, but maybe your top, what are the top three songs that you would have on a curated Fearless playlist if you you know for you for me for me and the theme has to be fearlessness or is this just three songs that i'm fucking with like whatever you feel like unleashes because you know the definition i guess we can define what fearless is Mm -hmm. you know right you know, not being afraid of fear. You know, being fearless is really being free and not being afraid of whatever is to come, but really just leaning into your faith. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of look, let so me tell much you, music out. Cardi B's <laughs> pleased me with Bruno listen, Mars. Listen. It's fearless to me because sis, I need to unlock a couple of things. All right. Because so, I have so, playlists. So, you know I got the music one. That's what I'm saying. So but, I thought this was a great question for you being the music curator, you know, expert. 
I think you that would... people misinterpret. <laughs> so I think that when people find out that you're creative, one, they think that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And it's like, because yes, you can. You can. I will take on that responsibility. But at the same time, just because I'm creative doesn't mean that I can get you dressed to go out with your friends. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I can put together a event for your wedding. Like there are levels <laughs> and like placements for creation. And I am good at content creation. I can probably do all those things that I just said, but that doesn't mean that that's my passion. So with music being my passion, it still is so much music in my brain all the time for me to just pick like, like, okay, I, well, run no, it. no, 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 I'm going to do a, it. Give us a list. You only got to go three, whatever you boom, 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 boom. You can give us a list. Okay. Or you can even share if you have a playlist that you think is rocking and booming. That people may need to be listening to this weekend when they going into their weekend to unlock some confidence and promote some fearless energy. So I'm a big Jasmine Sullivan fan. I love her. And she has a song that I feel like fits into the fearless wave called Masterpiece. Mm. I feel like that's not like an obscure song to me, but maybe people don't know it. But she's just talking about not being afraid to see the beauty in herself and all of that. So if like you need some inspirational or motivational type zhuzh real quick, put Masterpiece on. I'm honestly not a fan of triumphant music. I like stuff that's talking about sex and crime. (laughs) But look, whatever gives you the vibe that you need to get, you know, because some people think, some people listen to Beyonce, right? To get their, their... to, to get them confident and, right. and get them ready for, for their day or it's whatever. It's interesting to see what people do for these type of... So right now, the site is doing a Black History Month daily posts for music and it's a challenge so we have categories each day it could be like name a song with with a color in it name a song with a number in it uh name a song that reminds you of your ex name a song that you listen to in your preteen years so that has been going on and seeing people's responses has been really informative just to see what people are listening to and what people are interested in because People don't listen to stuff. So it's like rewarding to see that people are still holding ownership of what they listen to and not just taking what's fed to them on the radio. Exactly. But from that, yesterday was a song that you want to have played at your wedding. And I played uh, Beyonce's Smash Into You. That's a really good one. I was like, oh, wedding bells. What do you mean? I'll play that right now. Somebody needs to be getting married to me. Yes, I definitely will have Jesse Powell's You. Uh, Jesse uh, Powell's you. Uh, that's right. A hit. I was debating between that and Beyonce's one plus one. People love one I was plus like, one. That you. But I also feel like having Beyonce at your wedding is kind of cliche. So I was like, let me pick Smash. That's why I'm like, it's a more obscure. Unless you were a Hive member. That's why I was like a Jesse Powell. Yeah. You a very throwback R and B nineties right. wave. Wait, I'm trying to pull up the list. Even on some Luther level. Like, I may even go. We were talking about Luther on the podcast yesterday. Okay. It was some stories. <laughs> Lord, because you never know. And it was another one that I had where it was a song that you think ex- explains you or a song that reminds you of you. And I played Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Hmm. Uh, I love that song. Uh, It reminds me of, like, so many different parts of my life, like. Wow, and I have I have a I have a half sleeve, and each piece of it is music related. So like, there's a piece that 
talks to Computer Blue by Prince and like love life and relationships. There's a part that is Kiss from a Rose by Seal that deals with like my mom and our bond and family. My mom's last name is Rose. Uh, shout out to my Jamaican side, I guess. And then because the Rose family is like a big thing. And then um, the next piece that I want to add is Voyage to Atlantis by Ozzy Brothers. Mm. So those could be three songs right there. Computer Bruh. Blue by Prince. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Wow, that's another piece of my tattoo. Voyage to Atlantis by the Osley Brothers and Kiss from Rose by Seal. And we'll have Jasmine Sullivan masterpiece. Right. Just to round it all off. And it, end it on an inspirational note. Yes, absolutely. And plus, scream in my face, Jasmine. Like, I just need you to sing. Wow. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the Fearless Kia podcast, Michael. Thank you so much thank you, thank for you, joining thank you for me. me. I usually like to close out the episode with a quote. By the Langston Hughes. So the quote goes, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it drive like a raisin in the sun or does it explode? Hmm. Does it? You (laughs) tell me. Does it? And I love that he just left it open like that because it's up to you. Your dream doesn't have to be deferred. That's why it's a fear of mine, because I don't want to be in control of something and know that it's all up to me. And then I let myself down. Boom. That's not. Because the worst person to let down is yourself. Hello? The end. The end. And on that note, (laughs) I hope you guys go into the weekend wishing you guys love, light, and many blessings. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we are out. Out.